Good evening and welcome to For Your Amusement, where we discuss theme park news around the country, all for your amusement. I'm here with my friends Nick and Nolan. Guys, welcome. Well, it has been a interesting week of news as far as theme parks go, and we will, of course, dive into that this episode. Um, but I want to know Kyle yes I I know that we, we talked about this pre-show I know the Muppets Haunted Mansion has gotten very good reviews and now I know you haven't seen it but based on having good reviews based on it being the Muppets how excited are you for it based on that I'm very excited okay. yeah I mean it's yeah it's definitely something that's on, high on my list um you know I really I, I think I mentioned this before but I really like that they incorporated the mansion um, I think that that's something that Disney really should start doing more of is incorporating the theme parks uh, and doing more crossovers just because they have, you know, they have it, you know, so that's something new and interesting that they can do because um, everyone, you know, always says, oh, they don't want to see all of like the sequels and whatever. And, you know, they're combined, you know, buying every company. But I think this is a it would be a good move to start, you know, combining them and kind of making something new out of all those older things. I think that's a really good point. I saw the um, red carpet that they had for when they opened the, I guess you would call it a movie or film or whatever, and it looked like they had a, a really fun uh, take on the red carpet ceremony. It was kind of like a lot of the actors that were, or the voice actors that were in it, um, where they wore like uh, classic Haunted Mansion uh, Hawaiian shirts, and it just looked like everybody was like kind of having a good time, and it was probably a good like family to be a part of, but I'm really interested to hear. Now, I mean, if I had Disney plus, I would watch it, but I'm really interested to hear what you say about it because it looks like it's just a lot of fun. Like it doesn't look like it takes itself too seriously. It just looks like a really good time. And if you say it's really good, I'm going to have to get a hold of it and, and give it a watch because it seems like it's going to be awesome. That's why I had to ask. Sounds um, good. Okay. So, uh, we're going to kick this one off with the, uh, what is now, the Genie system, formerly the FastPass system, that has taken over the Disney parks all across the world, not even just the U.S., all across the world. I think every single one has adopted it at this point, or just about. Um, it, it says here, beginning October 19th, there's going to be two new ways to skip the line, um, starting with the Genie Plus and the individual attraction selection, which will replace the, the FastPass service. Um and it says there's going to be access to new lightning lanes. Now, um, we have talked about this on previous podcasts. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, in brevity, we are against this move. We think it's uh, it's ridiculous. We've compared it to Universal. We understand that they have their FastPass system, and you have to pay per day, and it's expensive, yada, yada. We get it. So it says here that uh, it'll include the Disney Genie Plus for the cost of $15 per person per day. Now... Uh, Kyle, do you know off the top of your head if that $15 is just, it says per person per day, but it doesn't say specifically if it gives you access to every ride or what, is that just for one ride? It's what is for, that one for? Ride. Yeah. for one ride. Yeah. For one ride. So, 15 all right. So no, no, incorrect. incorrect. Well, so they, 
the Disney Genie Plus is 15 per person, and those are for a majority of rides, but they are not for the most popular attractions. So the thing is, when the, the uh, most popular attractions, that's when there's the extra cost per person. Also, well, actually, you don't have to well, use Genie Plus in the first place, but. Well, no, well, no, and I think, well, it's a little confusing now, what, I guess what we're all saying. It's, I think, well, so it's 15 per ride per some rides, but other rides are different prices. So it could be 10 per ride or 7 per ride, depending on which ride it is. But what, so, yeah, but what Nick, what you were saying was it is per ride, whatever the price is. Nolan, is that, no, so, no, so it's, there's 15 per person is for like, uh, I'll put it into universal terms. So for example, say you're going to like Islands of Adventure, you'd pay like $15 to have Express for, um, let's see, Jurassic Park, um, Cat in the Hat, uh, what else is there? Um, maybe like Spider-Man. Like, the, the not-so-popular rides, right? So then um, there's an individual fee for the more expensive rides, and they vary with, I guess, with wait times or, with, or just how popular they are, you know? So, um, for example, like, they have on the list, they have Seven Dwarfs, Mine Train, Space Mountain, Ratatouille, Frozen, Rise of the Resistance, Runaway, Rail- Runaway Railway, uh, Flight of Passage, and Everest. And um, with the pricing... Um, Everest is seven per person. Mine Train is ten to twelve per person. Ratatouille is nine to eleven, and Insane Resistance is fifteen per person. So, okay. So and they also real quick they also could increase or decrease depending on the time of the year. So ah okay, that's a good kicker there too. So I see it's fifteen dollars for Walt Disney World and twenty dollars for Disneyland, which. I'm not really understanding why there's a $5 difference there. Maybe it's just because of where it is, or I, I don't know. Anyway, um, so it says here, uh, for the Disney Plus $15 <clears throat> purchase, you can make one selection at a time throughout the day from classics, starting from Haunted Mansion, running through Big Thunder, and newer selections such as uh, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Now, um, let's ask this on a more personal level. So you go to Disney, right? And whether you have an annual pass or you purchased your day tickets or whatever, Nolan, would you would you find this beneficial if you were going like let's say in December? Would you would you purchase the fifteen buck uh, G plus thing? Uh, depends on the park, to be honest. Okay, um, let's say let's say it's Animal Kingdom. Um, I would say no because I think with. Because I think, I mean, Everest is, I think it's Everest, and that's pretty much it, in my opinion, um, where I would probably have to pay for something, because um, the river journey, I don't really care too much about. Um, but, I mean, the rest, I mean, yeah, it'll be, like, a long, longer wait, you know? Well, I'm also interested, actually, too, is how are the wait times going to kind of vary with this, you know? Because usually in the past, it would be, um, like, a fast pass system, and obviously like they would run out so it'd be like a, a nice kind of formatted you know but i don't know if they're gonna have the same rule apply but then again they're getting money for it 
you know? So I have a right. feeling that it might just be unlimited. And in that case, the lines might even be longer for people who don't have that, you know? So, I mean, it's hard to kind of tell right now, but I would probably lean towards no, unless it's like really horrible weights. So, Well, it's funny because Nolan, I would do the opposite, I think, um, because when I was at Disney, I spent so much time waiting on lines. And that was the biggest difference between Universal and Disney was like Universal with the Fast Pass. I was going, you know, going from ride to ride and you can ride everything. But for Disney, especially, you know, you can't ride everything. Obviously, it's so big, but I feel like I didn't ride as much as I probably should have because most of my time was wasted in lines. And so whereas like I know, yeah, like it's it's going to be expensive. But when you think about it, like I feel like it's a, a sunk cost almost just because like I'm going to Disney. I know I'm going to spend a lot of money. And I might as well make the most of it. So I'll pay 15 for a bunch of rides, you know, and then, you know, whatever it is, seven, nine, depending on the ride. So that's my thought on it. Yeah. So Kyle, like I would really... go ahead, Nolan. Like real quick, I, I would definitely probably pay like the 10 bucks for like Everest, you know, because it's like 10 bucks. But I'm also curious to kind of see like how long of a wait it is, you know, because if I'm paying 10 bucks, <laughs> I don't want to wait more than like, 10 minutes otherwise like what's the point of having to pay you know yeah like if it's if it's like an hour versus an hour 15 wait it's not worth it but if it's like 10 minutes versus an hour i'm definitely paying for it so nolan just alluded to what i was going to ask kyle was the take that i was looking for so when i went to disney in 2019 in may of 2019 we had um fast passes we had a, a disability pass because somebody we were with was in a wheelchair so with that with that pass um we just got into the fast pass line we didn't get taken like all the way to the front i waited i want to say 45 minutes in the fast pass line for test track if i get this genie pass now that was just on a uh, free free uh entry i didn't have to pay a dime to get in there now, if I paid $15 or even the excess of whatever fee to get on Everest or whatever, and I had to wait, let's say, half, if I have to wait 30 minutes as, to, as opposed to an hour, I'm still going to be pissed off because what you're paying for, I'm still waiting a half hour. It's still a half hour of my life. Right. So I really don't uh, – like, Kyle, I get what you're saying, and I would I 100% agree with you because you are cutting your wait time down by half, and I do get that. But it's still what I'm paying for and the amount of time that I'm waiting don't equate sometimes, especially on busy times of the year. So I think this is just an odd move, but, you know, who are we? But like Kyle was saying, I would probably get it at a busy time. So, I mean, it, it I, I, I don't know. It's kind of tough because yeah, I see well, what well, Universal does. Yeah, what's up? Oh, no, no, you go first, because then I was going to go know. after. So I was, I'm just thinking, like, I see what Universal does and how they have, like, the three um, premier hotels where they offer the express passes. And I just wonder why Disney can't just do that, because of, I mean, I understand they have a lot more hotels, but they also have more parks. Instead, they have maybe, I don't know, eight to ten hotels that maybe offer, like say, like, the their express pass. I think that'd be a way more beneficial thing because you're already spending so much. But then again, 
they already have people lining up to even go there in the first place. So why would they even bother with that when they can just charge people for doing this, you know? So I no, guess they're just greedy. Yeah, no, that's exactly why, because they don't need to. And they, they you know, and they'll make more money this way. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say before, it was more to Nick's point where he was like, you know, if it's in a half hour, you know, why do it? And I completely get that. And that's, that's really, my point was, if I'm spending 15, I'm expecting to wait 10 to 15 minutes at the most. I mean, I'm giving a premium. I'm hoping that they're not going to make me wait almost the exact same time or even, you know, half that time. So that's that's my thought process. I thought they were going to do 10, 15 minute wait times, but I guess who knows. And you're going to piss a lot of people off, too, because like if we go, let's say us three go to the park for a day or for a trip or whatever. Yeah. We're each going to obviously pay our own individual fee. If you're there with a family of four plus people, let's say, you know, dad is is the one who's shelling out the cash. He's going to pay X amount of money for his whole family to get in that fast pass lane. I would be pissed the fuck off if I'm paying a hundred. Let's say you go with a big group of people and somebody's like, you know what? I'm treating everybody. We're getting the fast pass (laughs) ticket. You pay a hundred plus dollars and you're waiting like 45 minutes. I lose my mind. All right. So anyway, Nolan, you were saying about the Disney adopting the fast pass hotel perk. So I get that. It's a wonderful idea. I think it makes sense. But like Kyle was saying, agreed, yada, yada. But I think they're too big for it. And I'll tell you why. I bought – I could look it up right now. It's like arms reach away, but I won't. I have a Pop Century reservation for October. I think I paid $230 per night. That's in October. That's a pretty high rate, I guess, for that specific hotel. That's a cheap hotel in Disney. The most expensive hotels are like $800, $900 a night when you creep towards December. Now, if you add a fast pass per room, you're going to, per person per room, you're going to add that by like $100 to $200 on top of that price to begin with. It would just price things, it price things towards a Star Wars hotel. It would just be too <laughs> ridiculous. I can't, I can't, I would love for that to happen. But I just think they're too big for their britches at that point. Um, but yeah, this is a very interesting concept. I don't. Do you guys know who came up with this concept? If this was like a a CEO move, or if it was part of their marketing team, like who who came up with this? Does anybody know? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, it definitely screams traffic to me. Yeah, that see, that's that's kind of what I was <laughs> alluding to. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, this is a bold move, and it hasn't. We haven't really seen the effects of it, but well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Um, well, before we move on, I just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned, Nick, because it was a great point that, like, yeah, like the hotels are really expensive in Disney. So I'm interested in seeing when Universal has Epic Universe, and it's more of like a full resort. You know, not that it isn't now, but like it's a three park resort, and so you can stay for like a week or so. Um, I wonder because it's so much cheaper, and again, obviously the prices will raise a little bit once um, Epic Universe comes. But like, if it's so much less expensive, I wonder how much Universal will pull away from Disney. This is actually a, a good segue and a really uh, keen point, Kyle. Um, my dad and I were talking about this kind of recently. So we're we're expecting a a pretty decent hike in the annual pass price because you're going to add another park to it. They did it with uh, Volcano Bay as well. If you want to put that on there, it adds uh, a pretty decent hike to your ticket price. But I feel like no matter what, they're still going to be cheaper than Disney just for that affordability attraction. 
But I feel like as they go, it's just going to become more comparable and like logistics are going to get a little confused with them being off site now. And I, I don't know, Nolan, do you have a, do you have an opinion on this once Epic opens with their ticket prices and whatnot? Uh, <laughs> um, it, it is tough because I have no clue what to expect. <laughs> so let's just say it's like top tier like mind-blowing stuff um i'm trying to think so do you know how much uh our passes are around like three to four hundred dollars i think right? it's it is around there yeah i could look it up while you're talking I'll give so you an example. so if i had a guess and i if something that i think is fair i think two hundred dollars Additionally, yeah. I think yeah, is a fair right. addition because it's pretty much, in my opinion, maybe like two hundred dollars a park. So if you obviously not including Volcano Bay, but if you have three of them and each one's two hundred plus tax, you get to like I don't know a little over six, like six thirty, six forty, which I think is pretty fair. Um, if they're going the same route as they have been in affordability and stuff, because Disney, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. But their passes, they go all the way to like a grand or, or so, you know? Twelve hundred. And yeah. yeah, so I mean I could see maybe a little bit more maybe to like the sevens, but I don't think anything more in my opinion. But I mean I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, I think if they were smart, they just kind of keep that format because I think in their case they're gonna have so many visitors and people who wanna come back and hear this and that, that I think Disney will kind of it, it will take a while, but I think Disney will kind of shoot themselves in the foot in that case because I think Universal will have all this new uh, technology and state-of-the-art stuff as well with, like, the affordability portion. And I think that's going to probably boost them to who, who knows where they, they're going to be at in, like, 20 to 25 years. So just a, just a quick uh, figure comparison. It's uh, $750 for the Pirate Pass at Disney. That is the pass just below um, the Incredit Pass. It's like the pass that basically gives you the key to the kingdom. You can book reservations whenever. Um, that is four parks for $750. So now they would have three. We're not going to include the uh, the water park. They would have three. So I, I, I would assume that it would be you know in, this, in the sixes. I think that's a fair um, a fair. Uh, assessment, Nolan. Um, interesting point that you made, though, Nolan, before we get into the meat and potatoes of Universal. Um, you said something about um, Universal making uh, state-of-the-art rides and how they price it. I think regardless, it doesn't matter how good or, or bad the quality of the rides is. The amount of money that they put in to make the park, they just have to make it back. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, they obviously have that budgeted out to how many years is that it's going to take them to make that back based on, you know, door tickets alone uh, and water sales, I guess. But um, they they already figured that out. But I think I think you're spot on. I would assume six fifty is is going to be the uh, preferred uh, the new preferred price. Um, but do we have any more uh, takes on this current topic, or can we move on? I think we can move on. Okay, so the uh, we have some interesting universal news that that came up this this past week. So. Uh, we're going to start with a closure, a closure that has, I think the, the picture said it, they served over 75 million guests, which is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> the Shrek 4D experience, that is one of the first 
um, rides or shows, experiences that you encounter in the Universal Park is officially closing its doors on... Okay, I should know this. January Um, 10th, I think. Okay, so the beginning of the very beginning of 2020. Now, this uh, attraction has been around for a while. Obviously, it has served its tenure. The Shrek franchise isn't really being perpetuated anymore. I don't see movies come out or spinoffs or anything like that. So obviously, they know it's kind of dead property and they can axe it. Now, uh, before we jump into this being gone, uh, do you guys have a favorite moment from this show? Is there something that stands out more than anything else? Um, I think the pre-show is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, some good humor with like the pigs and all that. Um, I mean that's just how the Shrek movies are. But in the actual ride, I remember like it was uh, I forget exactly maybe when like you're on the horse or something, and like the uh, the chair has like the water squirters or I think the mist that shoots, which was like a pretty cool effect. It was like it brought the forty part of it. So, um, but in my opinion, I think I think the ride was pretty good. Um, obviously, like Nick's saying, it was uh, past its time. But, I mean, for somebody who's never been on it, I think it's still like, a great experience unlike some other rides in that park. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that's absolutely true. Because, Nolan, I mean, it's definitely it's worth it if you've never been. And even if you have been, I always enjoyed it. It was a nice, relaxing moment. Like, we always talk about how there aren't that many shows at Universal. And so it's like a quieter, you know, moment where you can sit and catch your breath. And I liked it. I mean, if you like the Shrek movies, it's entertaining. Um, my favorite was always the uh, the gingerbread um, gingerbread man. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought he was awesome. Um, and then from the show, my favorite moment, I think it was similar to what Nolan was saying, was when they go over the uh, the waterfall. Um, and then I guess the mist probably is at that point also. Um, but I just always thought that was cool when they went over that waterfall. Nolan, that was a, a really great take. Um the ride is a ride show. I guess it's more of a show than a ride, but um, it is. It has probably one of the uh, funnier, more enjoyable pre-shows in the park. Um, it reminds me of Chucky at Horror Nights. If you guys have seen those videos, we obviously are from Florida. We haven't been out there, but you can see it online. Um, it's very uh, interactive. It's uh, got some dark humor in there, some adult humor in there. Um, but it, it's a really great time. I remember the first time that I went on it, and the chair is mimicking the gallop of a, of a horse. And I just <laughs> I remember looking over to my mom, and we were just dying laughing. It's just it's fun. It's a great time. Like like Nolan said, it's it's a really great time. Um, if you can get on that before it closes, and you haven't been, go for it. If you have been, go for one of your your last chances because you're, you're it's always when a ride closes, you you miss it, and you, every time you were at the parks, you just took it for granted and walked by it. So. Uh, hop on R.I.P. Twister. Right, yeah. R.I.P. Twister. I was talking about that about <laughs> Twister the other day too. That's really funny you brought that up. Um, but uh, uh, another. I, I, all right, Nolan. I'm gonna let you take the helm on this because I really didn't do too much reading or research into this. So the Mummy is having a temporary closure starting in 2022. Yeah. So before we get to that, I just wanted to talk about maybe like the potential attraction that they might have with in oh, the yeah. Shrek building. 100%. Yeah, so so the thing with Shrek is a lot of people want all these cool rides and this and that, but pretty much the, the size of the building is actually kind of small. It's probably around the size of, like, two movie theaters plus, like, a gift shop. So, like, kind of putting that into, like, ride terms, that's, like, not that big of a space for most things. So that's what you have to kind of take into kind of thinking about 
what you would put in there. Um, but the big rumor is that they're putting a walkthrough kind of minions experience based off. I think it was the second one where they had like the villain exhibit and they were actually in Orlando as well. And uh, they'll have like uh, different kind of sections with, I guess, the villains, I guess. I don't know exactly the details, but uh, I'm not sure if you're going to be walking through or you'll be like on a platform and it just like turns you like a clock. But uh, that's like the biggest thing. So I like that. Uh, Kyle, do you uh, have any hopes for what could go in there? I mean, just from what Nolan was saying, I like that a lot. Um, and I think it's different. It's new. I mean, it'll, they'll make it fun with the minions. Um, in terms of what should be in there, I mean, I think like a show or like some type of like slower exhibit would be great because I think that in this case, you know, if you're closing a show, I think you really need to replace it with a show. So, and like Nolan said, it is a small space for a ride. So that's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. that's two great takes. Go ahead, Nolan. And also... Yeah. We, uh, we mentioned this offline, but I just want to bring it on the podcast. Um, it's got to be like a kid's ride, not a kid's ride or show, but like, I mean, not just for kids, but like something that kids can do. You know, it can't be adult because Shrek was more, you know, kid based. Yeah. So, I mean, I do, I do like it. I do like the idea. The only thing that's negative, I would say is, well, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with it. But uh, I just the idea of having two rides based off one franchise kind of gives a sour taste in my mouth because of like, I mean, there's Harry Potter and I get that. Mm-hmm. But besides that, like, I don't know. I feel like if anything, they should just take maybe that idea and make it a different franchise or something, you know, just because I, I just I just feel like it's too like they're they're catering just to too many similar things whereas like if you're in that park you want to have as many different things as possible to bring in as many people you know but yeah and no one i don't want to put you on the spot but is there a um, a franchise that you think would work well there um i mean they have the uh what's what's it called it's not dream uh illumination um they have a bunch of i think franchises that i think they could put there i mean i haven't really seen too many but uh in life of pets comes to mind um what was that one with like the animals um Zootopia? Sing, sing oh no that's oh, disney sing, oh, sing, yeah. You're right. yeah, yeah. sing well sing, sing I thought coming was, out so that could be yeah, yeah sing sing i thought was pretty good, uh, good movie um there's a couple other ones i forget but something along the lines of that you know yeah Oh, yeah, when this first was announced, you were saying maybe Secret Life of Pets would, you know, would be in there. Is there any any more rumor to that? Or Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I, we, I think me and Nick were talking about, possibly. I just think they don't have enough space in there. I could be wrong, but um, I think that's the only reason why they probably wouldn't do it, if mm-hmm. I had to guess. I think this is interesting because uh, a couple of quick, uh, thoughts on this before we move on so you guys keep throwing around the word franchise and every time i hear it i get uh my skin crawls it makes me get gray hairs <laughs> i'm really fucking tired of the franchise <laughs> like dipping your hand in the bucket and pulling out whatever name comes and just make up an idea with it just come up with something fucking original 
All right, that's besides the point. I'm not going to go on a rant about that. So, Nolan, <laughs> this is a, an interesting uh, little tidbit here. So they use half of that. The Shrek the Pavilion or building, whatever you want to call it, has two theaters that operate the same show twice just for uh, crowd flow. So mm-hmm. they use one of those shows for Horror Nights. They use one of those shows to build a house in. They're not going to have that space anymore. So I'm wondering if they're going to build something where they can still operate a house through it I mean, they can partition maybe part of it off, or they're going to have to find a new space for it, maybe a new tent house or something, because that was usually a pretty big house, right? This yeah, year it was I think, uh, big. It was a fucking case yeah, files this year. Yeah, I think I think with the idea with the villain kind of walkthrough thing, which kind of would make sense because they could probably portion it off, where they could have like some portion of it open, you know, and right. have the rest of it maybe closed off. I don't know how exactly it would do that. But I think that would be probably the their kind of best case for them because in, I don't really know of any other spots in the park really that they could use. Um, I know they have, like, some sound stages that they don't use, but that's for, like, other things. So um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting kind of thought to kind of what they're going to do with that. So question for you guys. Oh, sorry, Nick. You go. Just really, uh, before you ask that, one last thing. So based on what you were saying with that walkthrough attraction, so uh, before Disney died, Walt Disney died, he had Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion both built and sketched out as a walkthrough, kind of like wax museum interactive uh, experience. So I've never been through something that's really been a walkthrough attraction at the Disney parks or Universal. So I think it would be an interesting concept, but I do get what you're saying with it being kind of roadkill of having the same attraction side by side. I get what you're saying about Harry Potter as well. We can kind of forgive the Harry Potter thing, but anyway, it's different. It's interesting to see what happens in the future. Kyle, go ahead. Your question. Okay, so so when you said they used the, the Shrek house or the Shrek theater for the haunted house, um, and so what did they do with Shrek when that was going on? So when they have two theaters that operate the same show, they just uh-huh. use one. Okay. So the second theater is just, you know, dead space and transformed into a haunted house. And then they, they just don't have as many people going through it. That's all. Got it. Um, yeah, this is this is a really interesting time for Universal. We're in uh, kind of like a like a no man's land, right? Because we have Epic Universe <laughs> about to open, and they're trying to figure out how to keep guests entertained between now and then. Man, this is this is interesting times, boys. All right, Nolan, as I hyped you up before, <laughs> lead me into yeah. it with the uh, mummy. So, um, there was news along with the uh, Shrek closing, which came out of like nowhere. Yeah. Um, that I think Mummy would be closing. Um, I forget the exact dates. I know it was late summer was the closing, maybe like August, September. I think maybe like February, maybe January, February, something like that. So like you would pretty much have more than half of the year that Mummy will be closed. Um, so if you didn't know, this was actually planned um, before COVID happened. Like this was like scheduled. And obviously, because COVID hit, they didn't have, like, the funding, and they didn't know what they are going to do. So, obviously, now that they're back on kind of track, they're going back to their scheduled program, and now they're starting with this. So, it's pretty much um, routine, you know? Like, there's rumors that they might just completely tear it all down and make a new ride, because um, with roller coasters, um, they have to obviously replace the tracks and stuff and this and that, which is what they did with the Hulk ride. 
So with this, it's pretty much just like a they're gonna tear it all down, rebuild it, same track, I believe, and kind of just make it look brand new and make it flow better. So nothing too crazy, but uh, I'm just thankful that they kept the ride because it's one of the better rides in the park. It's just it's really cool, one of the better, if not best, indoor uh, roller coasters I've been on. So. So just really quick verbiage from that letter that was uh, sent in the chat. So it says the mummy is going to be experiencing a maintenance closure beginning in January and will remain closed through late summer 2022. Um, This will be tough for our guests. It will reopen with necessary technical improvements. Now, Nolan, you mentioned them doing a track replacement or refurb. Now, this ride is kind of interesting because the – front half of this ride, I guess you would say half, is a uh, show scene, slower pace, not much wear and tear on the track. And then once you hit the launch and you drop into the arena, it's fucking chaos. Now, the interesting thing about this ride is I don't think they've had to do many uh, full refurbs on this ride track-wise because it's an indoor coaster, so the elements don't really play much of or any of a factor towards it. Now, when uh, they redo this, they said uh, technical improvements. Nolan, I'm going to ask you this first, and then Kyle, obviously you're going to get the same question, so prepare yourself. So we obviously can speculate that they're going to do some maybe track reinstallments, maybe redo the whole thing, whatever. Do you see them improving anything with maybe a new animatronic? Maybe, obviously they're going to you know do HD, 4K, all that stuff with the projectors mm-hmm. and whatnot. But what are you expecting from now till they reopen? What are you expecting to be done? I honestly think we're going to go full screens in the ride. I don't think, just because in my, uh, you could also vouch for it with, um, they've they've had a lot of technical problems with the animatronic uh, at the beginning. Um, It's always, Mm. sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it does work. It's like, like like uh it has like a plane like freeze tag where it's like half moving like we i don't know what's happening with it but uh i think just because of that and that's like the only animatronic i think on the or besides the ones that pop up in the middle which well they have the i don't know when he hits the button remember when the ceiling catches fire yeah yeah and that too that's that's a cool element too um i don't know i think that because i actually forgot about those i think it might be half and half they might take some away. They might keep them. Um, I think it'd be totally awesome if they just changed the coaster part itself and made it like a totally different track. Because, I mean, you have all new track that you're getting, you know. Why wouldn't you maybe enhance it, do something maybe cooler with, like, newer technology, you know? Which I think would be totally awesome. So it's kind of like a new coaster, in my opinion. I love that. All right, Kyle, same question. Yeah, I mean, Nolan hit it on the head. Um, that that mummy animatronic is never working. <laughs> uh, I haven't been on it too much, but anytime I've been on it, I've never seen the mummy. Um, and, and anytime that, you know, you guys are on it, you always tell me you never see the mummy. Um, and plus, it, I don't know what it is about the technical elements, but that thing is always, like, the ride is always broken. Like, anytime I'm at the <laughs> park for half the day, that ride is down. Because they're like, oh, we're experiencing technical issues. Um, so they got to make it a little bit more consistent and make it a little bit more, um, you know, adjustable and, and less likely to, uh, to break down. Um, so that's one thing I, I think the animatronic is such a cool element 
especially for like all the fans that are you know so tired of screens. I don't I don't think that they're gonna take it away. I think that they're they're gonna leave it as an animatronic just because of the backlash. But I might be wrong. Um, in terms of anything else, I, I don't. I don't know. I think, I mean, Nolan, you know, Nolan's idea can be cool to have a new track. Um, that would be awesome. Um, but I, I think they're going to go so, a route that's a little more safe and just have the same track, but, you know, a new, I guess, or lay, you know, lay a new track, but have like the same, you know, ride essentially. Um, and then something also I wanted to touch upon. I know that, you know, COVID wasn't the best time for pricing and whatever for them to redo it. But like, that was a huge missed opportunity. Like, they had, they know that that park is still going to be there. You know, Epic Universe was the park that was put on hold. And they, sh- you know, this is one of their most popular rides. Instead of closing it, they, sh- you know, for now, for half a year, they should just closed it when the park was closed. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's kind of like an easy thing to do. But when you're losing like $20 million a day, yeah, uh, get, it's I not exactly the, <laughs> the best idea. Um, yeah, I get that. The uh, the whole animatronic thing is obviously something that I uh, heavily favor, but when you have these things out there, it takes a arm and a leg to engineer, it takes an arm and a leg to maintenance, and it's uh, unpredictable because it's when you're dealing with technology, as we know with the things in our pockets, the mind control devices in our pockets, they go haywire all the time, and you always got to find a way to fix them. So. I don't see them, like Kyle was saying, I don't see them getting rid of any of the uh, animatronics in there. But here's an interesting uh, point. So when you enter the, oh God, what the hell do they call it? When you enter the gold room and there's that like talking sand head, I should know more about the story of this ride. It's how many times I've been on it. That's not the point. Anyway, so I think somebody complained about the mummies or the, I don't know, are they, some fucking demon creatures that pop up to the side of you and they had they used to have weapons in their hand they used to have scythes and swords and daggers and all that shit and then somebody complained that it was like too violent or something and they chopped off all the blade portions of their weapons so they didn't have weapons anymore now it was just monsters popping up with uh, a bladeless ice cream cone or something i don't know it just looks Mm. dumb so i really want to see that portion of the ride uh enhanced i think it's kind of it was great when it opened, but I think it needs a little bit of a facelift. I think they could do something a little bit scarier or um, maybe more adding to the flow of the ride because it kind of just seems like you know static things popping up. Uh, it's kind of tired. But here's an interesting point too. I'm kind of surprised this, this survived, that this ride didn't get axed, and I'll tell you why. When was the last time you saw a Mummy movie and thought, damn, I can't wait to go see one? The franchise itself is near and dear to my heart it is one of the the uh, great helms of horror universal horror uh monsters and brendan fraser revived it and they made this whole action adventure indiana jones-esque uh movie to it and then they tried to revamp it with with uh tom cruise it was a flop they they had this dark universe thing planned they were going to redo all the classic horror movies and they just didn't take off because the movies were terrible obviously so king kong or confrontation was prior to the mummy and they replaced mummy they they replaced it with mummy which in my opinion was a good choice they they didn't flop with that now do you guys see this ride lasting another five years do you see the mummy in five years i do nolan i think just because they're doing this i think it should be there for at least maybe 10 
Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd honestly would be really surprised if they didn't because it'd be like a waste of money, you know? Right. Now, I really wouldn't be surprised if you see a reskin of the queue and if you see Frasier disappear at the end of the ride because <laughs> that movie came out in the 90s. Um, Brendan Frasier is certainly not the same human being. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> even act much anymore. So I think that's an interesting thing that they're keeping. I mean, it's listen, that the ending to that ride is probably one of the greatest in Orlando. Everybody knows it. Everybody screams at Brendan when you get off if you've been on it more than once. It's just an iconic part of the park at this point. It's kind of its own meme. Um, but I could see that. Uh, I don't I don't wish it. Trust me. Listen, folks, do not come after me on Twitter, on Instagram or anything. I'm not wishing this. But I could see this happening just because of you know relevancy and whatnot. Um, again, this is a very interesting take. I'm very excited to see what they come out with when this thing reopens. It is a great ride. It's one of the greatest rides in the park. It's one of the greatest roller coasters in Orlando. Um, but we have, uh, I, before we move on, anybody have anything else on the mummy? Yeah, I honestly had no clue. I mean, I've written it so many times. I totally didn't realize that they didn't have the weapons anymore. At least that, like, I realized, like, actually after I got off. Now, I mean, I guess we probably should have done a little bit of research before I got on here, but I think there was a woman whose daughter complained, and then she, like, phoned <laughs> Universal and was, like, writing letters or something, and they just – obviously, they they won with that one. Um, but so, next time you ride it, it's going to ruin your – it's going to ruin it because you're going <laughs> to see it and just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so real quick, the cool thing about this ride or rides are – each mummy ride in each universal is completely different. Mm. So, oh. um, wow. Yeah. So I've been on the one in California, which is a lot different. There's a huge backwards portion. Um, I th- ours is way better, but which is why I think they might resort to maybe a new track because they don't really have to maybe, well, I, I, I do. And I don't just because of money, you know, like having a new, different tracks and this and that it might cost a lot more but i think it it is a possibility and i think it'd be pretty cool so i'm for it i don't know if i don't really know if that's a realistic option but shit i am fucking for it universal just do it no one's saying baby god damn it, i would love to see a new track um kyle you got any last thoughts on this no i mean my only thought was like when you mentioned that maybe they could close in five years um I get where you're coming from because, like, unfortunately, it looks like they, they do like to go toward that those newer franchises. Um, and so, like, if they ever did close it, I can see them, like, reskinning the ride and keeping, like, the actual ride, but then, you know, making it for feel like something else, you know? Like, you know, let's say another horror movie, like Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever, you know, the newest thing is. Um, but, but the reason I, I don't think they're going to close it is because it is one of the popular rides. And so I think if the ride is popular with guests, I don't see the need to change it at all. Yeah, I I agree. And it you, like, we know it's popular. It's very right. popular. Like like Shrek, like as much as you know, we liked it. You know, it wasn't popular. It wasn't seeing people riding it that much. So that's why they closed it. Right, a very astute point. Because obviously, you see the people. You know, it said in the the piece of paper it said over seventy five million guests entertained. Obviously, you know, when you go through and they say how many and they do that little clicker thing, they're keeping track of attendance throughout the day. Obviously, they saw a big decline. Um, 
I have a, a question that I'm going to save for this. Kyle, you just uh, kind of sparked my memory here or inspiration. I have an interesting debate idea point that I'll bring up on a later date. Um, this this uh, ride at uh, fucking Nolan, goddammit. What did you just say? You wrote it in Hollywood. Um, yeah. My brain's slowing down. So the, there was a, an interesting portion where, like, the – I think it's at the beginning of the ride where there's, like, mummy's hands coming out of the ceiling. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? That's really cool. I would love to see that here. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see that. Reminds me of the great movie ride. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, speaking of closures and reopenings and rehashings, um, Poseidon's Fury, a ride that really nobody talks about and nobody fucking cares about. But guess what? Uh, there's speculation that they put the walls up to reopen it. Now, this is an interesting take because we all – we had an episode or a section of an episode dedicated to this becoming possibly Zelda or a new ride. Um, gentlemen, what are our thoughts on this because this is a strange move? They heard the mummy rumors, and they <laughs> were the mummy themselves and came back to life. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so apparently it's like they're doing a new experience but with the same exact kind of story and pretty much the same thing but in a new experience, which in my mind, I just I don't get because, like, you have this huge building, like it's ginormous, and you have this huge land that has absolutely no reason on why it's in the park compared to the other lands. And it's just like a huge wasted space. I mean, I I do understand why it's there. It was perfect for the original Islands of Adventure when it opened, but now it just it sticks out like a sore thumb when you walk through it. Like when you walk through it, you're just like, oh, this is just another ten minutes or five minutes to get to Harry Potter. Like it's just it's I don't know. And I actually do enjoy the ride or show whatever you want to call it, to, to be honest. But it's kind of like the Shrek thing, you know, where it's like kind of past its prime. Um, they can update it, I guess. I, I'm curious to kind of see what they kind of do with that. But it, I just think it's it's something that they need to do or add because, or maybe they they're waiting for. I mean, it would suck um, if they're waiting for the new park to open. But maybe like after this might be the the next big thing. Maybe like in a couple of years before the new park opens, that that's their big expansion or a new new ride they're putting into the park. Okay. Yeah. Kyle, um, your take? Yeah. So I guess my thought is there's no way that the rumor is true just because, like, everything that Nolan said, I mean, this is not one of the popular rides or attractions. I mean, it's it's not based on a franchise. Um, it's such a big area. It's it's a waste um, for them not to, to take it down, especially now that they've already done the legwork of closing it. Um, so I would say that they have they have to. Um, you know, have a new ride and, and close it. If they are, by some miracle, keeping it open, I mean, they're going to at least need to redo it. I mean, you know, it's it, it was such it was an interesting concept when they first started, and I can't remember what I was watching like a YouTube video on it, and like they had a lot, it had a lot of promise, and they had a lot of great ideas, but of course, you know, budgetary restrictions and everything, and you know, it kind of just took down, you know, what it was supposed to be, um, and to what we got now. And the ride itself, or the attraction itself is fine, but it, again, you know, it's not anything that memorable. Um, and it just, you know, they could use that land so much better. I mean, it's such, because it's such a, a huge land, because not only do they have that 
big space of where the actual show building is, but they have that huge land and like water section to get to it. So, I mean, that's a huge land that they could use. Yeah, and they also have the huge the Sinbad section, which is right. like another. I, I have no clue what why that's still there. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I know I don't know how they wouldn't add like an additional Harry Potter land to it. Like that was you know originally the rumor. I, I couldn't see how they wouldn't do it. There's so much room. Yeah, I real quick before Nick chimes in, I just I think they shouldn't go with Harry Potter just because of what I was saying before. I think that would be too overload. I think with that huge section of a park i think if you had a huge um maybe new uh ip or something but also in, in nick's case too that was an original section of the park it was not not based off anything where they could completely do something brand new like that if they wanted to also so so uh both of you had uh really really keen really good points so uh, I got to piggyback off all this because it was all really good. <laughs> so, um, Nolan, you made an interesting point about the Sinbad building. Now, uh, there's there's uh, options for two attractions there, or you could bleed one big attraction. Um, uh, Kyle, talking about the show building for Poseidon's Fury, the outside of that building is so fucking in- – it's beautiful. It's intimidating. It looks worn down. It looks weathered. It has uh, an appropriate setup to a disappointment, unfortunately. Now, I haven't been on this ride in, I mean, I'm literally not exaggerating, probably over a decade, and I really <laughs> can't remember much of it. And now, I don't remember, like Nolan was saying, I, and Kyle was saying as well, I don't remember this being a bad ride. I don't remember being bored on it. I remember actually having a good time, but Kyle made an interesting point as well. I remember the ride, or the, it's not a ride, it's more of a show, the show ending, and I was expecting to like go on a boat and go through like an actual ride. I was like, wait, it's it, that's it. It's done. So I think it's it's purpose of reopening, like Kyle was saying before, it's purpose of reopening is kind of just to fill space when I, I think I'm going to lean more towards Kyle's end here. I think they should just ax it, keep it closed, even if it's for a couple years, whatever, until they decide what to do with it. You're not going to bring in guest attraction like you had before. Uh, while you could you could start gutting the building already and and prepping for you know whatever necessary installments come even if you raise the building, I mean you, you can start that already and and kind of get the wheels turning there instead of going back to the drawing board. Um, I'm gonna have to watch this on YouTube again because in all honesty I really don't remember the storyline of this ride. Do either of you know the storyline that you can riddle off real fast or um, of, of the ride? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember it was, um, like you were, you were taken through like, um, a tour of the, the building and it was supposed to be like an ancient, you know, Greek building. And then, um, Poseidon came and he was trying to like, you know, I don't know, put a curse on you and kind of like attack you. And then like the other gods came, I think Zeus came and there was like a big fight between Zeus and Poseidon, you know, over the safety of the uh, people. Right. Something like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So basically based on like Norse Greek mythology, obviously with Poseidon's name being slapped on the front of the fucking building, it better be based on that. Um, 
Uh, Kyle, I know you're a big Harry Potter fan, and I am totally with that uh, devoted fandom, but I think Nolan's right on this. I think if you add Harry Potter to this, if you bleed Hogsmeade out, I I just think it's going to be too much. I mean, you're going to take over half the park with Harry Potter when you got to diversify. You know, we're we're in this this 2020 thing where diversity and inclusion is part of getting a fucking job anywhere. We we got to have it in the park. We got to spread the love. Um, so this is uh this is interesting. When if if it does reopen, if Besides the Fury does reopen, I will definitely go through it. Um, uh, just to you know refresh my memory on what I loved, hated, missed, or didn't. Um. Yeah, Nolan, Kyle, you guys got anything left on Poseidon? Yeah, tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, but doesn't this ride feel like it should be in SeaWorld? Oh my god, dude, I fucking love you. This reminds me of Atlantis. <laughs> this reminds me exactly of Atlantis, that you're a genius. Absolutely, 100%. You hit the nail on the head. Like, it just seems so out of place. I think that's that's the the thing with it it's just it feels so out of place and like nick was saying like you you're done with it and you're just like what the heck like that that was it um and like it doesn't have to be anything huge like i think they honestly could keep the same theme of it everything like that but maybe like nick was saying like a a boat ride i think would be awesome like they made like a pass to the caribbean slash navi river theme like sort of that direction into like this Mm -hmm really cool experience i think that'd be an awesome addition i'm fucking for that i love that idea boat rides are always you can't go wrong it's always a good time um i had a thought and it just left my head uh damn i can't remember if i remember i'll say it um kyle you have anything left on poseidon nope nothing else on poseidon Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Nolan, you got a, you got something for us? Yeah. So, last but not least, unless anybody else has anything else, we have a history portion of the show. Um. So, back in two thousand and six, today or tomorrow, being uh, October thirteenth, uh, Friday the thirteenth, almost. Um, Disney opened a ride. So that was fifteen years ago. Uh, I'll let you kind of guess it, guess it, and then I have a question regarding it. Kind of like a debate portion. So, no, it is not Everest, and it was it isn't like some random ride. Like it's a it's a known ride. Wait, uh, so it's it opened fifteen years ago today in Disney. Yeah, yeah two thousand and six. Two thousand six Disney World, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. It's actually it's kind of recent. Is it an attraction or a ride? Uh, it is. It is both. Bugs Life. <laughs> no. Mm. It is. It is not in Magic Kingdom. Soren. Not Soren. That, that is close though. Yeah, that was a good guess. Good, good, um, good guess. when did Test Track open? Not Test Track. Uh. Living with the land? No. no. Oh, that was a good guess. You're you're close. Finding Nemo. <laughs> yup, yup. Wow. So, that's it? So yeah, that's it. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so that opened fifteen years ago. And uh yeah, it's awesome. Uh Kyle, have you been on it? No, I wanna go on though. Yeah, so pretty much it's a whole ride kinda based off the movie. 
Um, and like it's it's kind of sort of like the haunted mansion, but finding emo style. <laughs> oh wow, um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and it has like all these cool animatronics and different things. And when you get off, it's kind of like I don't want to say it's an aquarium, but it's like no, it has right. a lot of it has a lot of aquarium vibes to it. And different, there's so many different animals, and it's actually pretty cool. You wouldn't really expect that. So uh, my question um, is. Do you agree or disagree that there should be more, or I shouldn't say agree or disagree. Do you think there should be more or less um, animals in Disney slash Universal? So like, should they should they add more, or do you think they should like a, a like a thing that they really shouldn't have there? Obviously, not in, not including oh. Animal Kingdom. You're saying like actual exhibits of an animal, right? Yeah, like a yeah, real like, like fucking a, or monkey or like some a, shit. Yeah, or if they had a ride and there was like animals somehow, like I, I don't know. <laughs> wow, that would be cool. Uh, Kyle, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I don't think they need real animals. I think that they're gonna be they would balk at the cost, but like something like having Nemo. You know, like, I think, like, you know, rides based on, like, let's say, you know, fake animals, like, you know, like, um, like Jurassic jungle Park. Cruise? What? Like Jungle Cruise? Yeah, Jungle Cruise or, like, Jurassic Park where, like, you know, they could have, like, animatronics of, like, dinosaurs or even, like, in the, uh, you know, the center when they have, like, the smaller dinosaurs, you know, things like that or, like, Nemo and, you know, any type of, like, you know, fake kind of animals I think would be cool. So, Nolan, you kind of bring up an interesting point here, and I am split in half on this one. Now, I have been to Busch Gardens, I've been to SeaWorld, I've been to Disney, I've been to Universal. Um, I've been on rides that have you go over a fucking gator pit. Um, We all know the morality issue with SeaWorld. (laughs) And we all know the morality issue with zoos. I don't think theme parks have any business or any belonging putting caged creatures for people to gawk at in their theme parks. I think zoos are meant for uh, rehabilitation and saving endangered species um, or animals that can't survive on their own. I don't see this as something that PETA is going to approve of. (laughs) Um, and having, you know, like a fucking baboon showing its ass Hmm. to kids. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I I just don't see that that's going to go over well, but also there's a part of me that's like, Hey, let's go to the zoo and fucking look at a giraffe because I can never see that living in Coral Springs, Florida. Like that part is really cool. Like you can go to SeaWorld and you can see a fucking killer whale that you will literally never see in your entire life. If you go swim in a deep blue abyss you will never see one. So it's cool to be able to see something up close like that. But to see the animal be miserable, I don't really agree with. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly... But, but hold on. Say- I'm, oh. Real quick, I don't mean to cut you off. So, But seeing a monkey throw shit at people would actually be really <laughs> funny. Um, that's just, that's just or, me being or, stupid. Or a kid and he starts crying and then like... <laughs> <laughs> A kid eating ice cream wearing a white shirt and you get on them. It would just be that's a that should be a movie. Uh, Hollywood contact me. Anyway, no a one, flames, Mickey Bar. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly in the middle. You know, like Nick was saying, it's just it's tough because like you want to see all this these things, but on the other hand, you're just like it's like they deserve to kind of like Animal Kingdom's the only exception where they actually like kill it with the setting and they actually treat them like like that's what they say at least like with the how big of acres it is like it's the whole thing you know so i do see that and then the other point or other side is like it'd be totally awesome like with like the different things like the nemo ride i think it's like a totally cool experience that they have um the uh i mean some people don't like it but i like the uh the animal show at universal i think that's like hilarious because like half the time they're not even listening and then it's like (laughs) do stupid shit and like it's just you never know what's gonna happen you know it's kind of different every time so i mean it kind of just depends you know like i guess on the ride or kind of what they're aiming for but uh i do think maybe if they had like an endangered kind of section or like a a rider experience where like they have all these endangered animals and like kind of took them in and like like you progress with like how like uh how they're doing and eventually they get set free and then it's like a whole new batch and like I don't know how you would put that into a ride, but uh I think that'd be kinda cool. Kinda like living with the land, but if it was like with animals. If that would make any sense. Yeah, I I, I get your point. Um I think it's interesting though because uh Animal Kingdom with Kilimanjaro Safari, obviously that park operates, it kinda dubs as like a mini zoo. They have you know, people who are zoologists and, you know, they have vets on hand just in case anything happens. Obviously, you know, Disney at uh, Epcot would have marine biologists and, you know, everybody to look after anything. If anything goes haywire, if a fish goes sour and everything goes bad and it kills the whole freaking school of fish, that would be really terrible. I hope that doesn't happen. But um, it's just, it's an interesting thing because I think like Nolan was saying, if you, you could use it as an educational opportunity for people, but then again, uh, most people are fucking stupid and don't read uh, anything when they go anywhere. They don't want to be educated when they're on vacation, which is kind of a shame because I think learning uh, – you're never too old to learn, and it's always uh, good to expand your mind and expand your experiences. But um, Nolan, I'm on the fence with it. I'm going to say no, but I would love to see something where we could interact with something we don't normally see on our day-to-day um dinosaurs listen i swear to god (laughs) no if they come up with if they come up with like a baby ass little like baby dino that they genetically engineer just put it in the parks nobody's gonna care (laughs) they they made it anyway like that's fine that's and then it 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 reproduces and eventually (laughs) it just kills everybody at the park yeah, there's no there's no <laughs> stories about that going wrong, okay? Michael Crichton no doesn't exist, <laughs> Oh, man. That's hilarious. If it happens, I'll get my gun ready. <laughs> That's why they got 10 Miggies in the park at all times, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a rat race. Oh, boy. All right. All right. So, uh, Kai, you got anything else to add? No, I don't think so. Nothing else. We're all good. We're all set. All set. All right. So, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at uh, For Your Amusement or For Your Amusement Podcast. 
Um, also, wherever you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, make sure you subscribe. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you.